as I was reading the readings, I was struck by a couple of things. In the Isaiah reading, starting in verse 6, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness, I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant to the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. And then in the Luke reading where Zechariah is prophesying down in verse 78, he says, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. So both of those readings are talking about people who are prisoners. And, you know, you tell me something two or three times, it catch right on. So the question I asked as I was going through this is, who are the prisoners? Because, as you all know, when Yeshua was in the synagogue in his hometown, he read that passage in Isaiah 61 where he comes to set the captives free. So a number of places there are prophecies and promises that the Messiah will set us free. So the question becomes, obviously, who are the prisoners? What are we talking about here? The second question that comes is, why do they sit in darkness? Why are they doing that? And then, of course, the third question is, what's all that have to do with us? So let's talk about who we're not talking about, first off. We're not talking about those who love sin. And there are such people. There are people who are sold out and perfectly happy in their sinfulness and like their lifestyle and have no intention of changing and don't want the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob messing with them. Things are set up just fine the way they are. We like our sin. We're okay with it. Not talking about those folks. And by the way, your scripture for that, if you want one, is Romans 6, starting in verse 15. What then? Are we to sin because you are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? So the idea is you got a choice as to who you present yourself to, to serve. What I'm suggesting to you is that the prisoners that Yeshua is talking about, Isaiah is talking about, and um, Zechariah talks about it, I mean, it, it, lots of places in, in prophecy, I'm not talking about those who have willingly presented themselves as slaves to sin. They're not prisoners. I mean, they are, but they're quite happy where they are. What I'm talking about is everybody else. People who are enslaved, they know in a sense that things are not the way they're supposed to be, but they're not sure what to do about it. Those are the folks I'm talking about, and what I'm suggesting is Yeshua is sent here to set those folks free. They are captives, they are in darkness, they are in the dungeon, I mean, obviously not physically, but those are the ones that Yeshua came to set free. So the question becomes, why are they sitting in darkness? Several reasons for that. The first one and the biggest one is ignorance. They don't know any better. What they've done is they have bought a lie, they have bought into lies, they believe lies, 
and those lies have led them into darkness and prison and they don't really understand why. We're not talking about the wicked here, those who have chosen wickedness. We're not talking about them. In fact, I was reading a long interview that was done back in the 70s with a Catholic priest who's an exorcist. Very interesting read. He was talking about demon possession. And he said, nobody gets demon-possessed by accident. Now, don't get me wrong. You can get sideswiped by demons really easily. That happens to lots of people all the time. We're not talking about sort of getting sideswiped and having a rough time because you've done something wrong. What we're talking about is people who are literally sold out to the devil. Those people didn't get there by accident. It's a long process, and by the time they get there, they have agreed to that. Those people are not what we're talking about. So, the first reason, as I say, that people wind up in this prison we're talking about that Yeshua has come to set us free from are people who are just ignorant. They don't know any better, and they have believed lies and so forth. The other group of people who are in prison are people who are comfortable there. Now, what does that mean? There are lots of examples of it in Scripture. Remember when Yeshua is duking it out with the Pharisees, and they finally get off to one side and they start talking to each other and say, you know, if this guy continues to run amok, what he's going to do is he's going to get everybody roused up and the Romans are going to come and they're going to take away our place. Those are people who are quite comfortable where they are. And I will pop that up to where we are today, to the modern church. Got a good job. My husband is working. We've got food on the table. We've got a safe place to live. Let's don't rock the boat. Those are people who are comfortable in prison. Those are people we're talking about. Getting those people out of prison is difficult because they look at the world outside of their prison, liberty, and it scares them. Have we got some examples in Scripture? I would suggest yes, we do. When children of Israel are coming out of Egypt and they're standing on the edge of the Red Sea and they're looking behind them and they're seeing the entire Egyptian army coming at them. What did they say? It was better for us when we were slaves. Why did you bring us out into the desert that we would die? In another vignette, when they're thirsty and they're out in the wilderness, why did you bring us out into the desert? When we were in Egypt, we had places to live. We were secure. We could eat cucumbers. It was better for us to be slaves than it is for us to be free. Moses, what are you doing dragging us out of our comfortable life and into this wilderness? We were better off as slaves. Remember the spies go into the land. And they come back and they say, whoa. Yeah, it's a beautiful land. But they got giants. They got fortified cities. And there's no way we're going to be able to do that. And what did the people say? Moses... What did you do? Why did you bring us out of here? 
We don't want to be here. We want to go back to Egypt. In other words, slavery was preferable to the risks of liberty. That's a very human reaction. And it takes a Moses or a Yeshua to blast us out of this comfortable complacency that we have where, yeah, we don't like who we're working for, but I've got a home, I've got cucumbers to eat, I've got my kids around me, things are not that bad. Don't bring me out into this freedom where all of that can potentially be taken away from me. Those are the people we're talking about. Those are the ones who are in prison. Those are the ones that Moses comes to blast out of there. Those are the ones that Yeshua has come to blast out of our complacency. And I will guarantee you that everybody in this room knows people who are in that situation. They're very comfortable. They go to church. Nice, quiet, Sunday church. Doesn't bother anybody. You know, we sing the songs, sing the hymns. We shake everybody's hand, drink a cup of coffee, and we go home. No fuss, no muss. We aren't going to make waves. And lots of the church is sort of dedicated to not making waves. Because making waves is dangerous. Making waves will disturb the comfort of the jail cell that we are in. Liberty is frightening. I don't know whether you remember. It's happened a couple of times in my lifetime. The most current example is when we went into Iraq under George Bush and we were going to set them free. Lots and lots of places in the world says we don't want to be free. Liberty is not for everyone. Liberty is not our tradition. We're used to having a state and a religion that controls everything and everybody knows his place and everybody knows what his cell is and everybody is content there. We don't want your freedom. And I will suggest that in the United States, for lack of a better term, our national myth is that we are free and we are a liberty-loving people. And I will suggest to you that that's eroded. There is a great segment of the United States that says they believe in freedom, but when given the choice, doesn't follow through. Those are the people who are sitting in darkness, who are captives, who Yeshua has come to set free. Now, the question becomes, how is he going to do it? The standard answer to that, which is okay, but it's not what I want to talk about, was he's forgiven your sins so you get to go to heaven. That's good. I mean, I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with that, you understand. But that's not what I'm talking about here. What I am suggesting is if you go to John 8.31. So Yeshua said to the Jews who believed in him, these are his disciples, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now we just read Bereshit. We'll talk about that in some detail in Midrash, about how all this came to be. But one of the things that's very obvious is everything that exists is information. God said, and it was so. That's information. You are information imposed on clay. Next week we're going to read where he takes the clay of the ground, molds it into a man, and then breathes light. That's information.
Without information, you are an inanimate lump of meat. In fact, you're not even meat, you're clay. So information is everything. It created the universe, it created you. You are an information-producing being. A lie is corrupt information. And what Satan does is he goes around sowing corrupt information. That's what he does to the woman in Genesis 3. He sows corrupt information and she acts on that corrupt information and then that has consequences all the way down. Now, because you're astute and you're aware, you've been paying attention to the political season that we're in. Does anybody know what's going on? Think of all the lies that are being told. And I'm not going to stand on one side or the other and saying those are liars and these are not because lies go both ways. But what I'm saying is there is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week cottage industry designed to pump out lies. And what they're trying to do is they are trying to prevent you from realizing what the truth is because as you understand the truth, Yeshua says you'll be set free. So the thing that's keeping you in prison are lies. There's a story, apocryphal, but it's kind of a good story, where somebody comes in and opens all the doors to a jail. And all the prisoners sit there quietly in their cells while the doors are open. Some of them think it's a trick. Ooh, I'm going to get shot for trying to escape if I walk out the door. Others think, ooh, it's dangerous out there. All sorts of reasons, but lots of them sit in their cells with the door wide open. And what Yeshua is saying is that the truth that I will bring you will open the door. But what the truth won't do is make you walk out of your cell. You've got to decide to do that. And what I'm saying to you is two things. One, as we're going through this political process, and it's not just political season, it's 24-7. It's been that way ever since the garden. We've just got more efficient at propagating our lies. I mean, now we've got the Internet and all those kinds of things. We can move lies just, you know, wholesale. Whereas before it was a bit slower, but not much. Nothing has changed. I'm not suggesting that this is something special that just only happens to us. This has happened to all humanity because Satan's technique is to sow bad information. Because remember, everything is information. So if you corrupt the information stream, what you wind up doing is making slaves. Now, the question is, how do you find out what's true? How do you break out of this? And again, there's two parts. One is knowledge. You have to know what truth is and you have to be able to recognize it. And the second part is courage. You've got to be able to step out the open prison door. Well, Yeshua gives you the formula, doesn't he? He says, if you are my disciples, you will know the truth. Now, disciple doesn't mean somebody who on a random day has said the sinner's prayer 
and gone on with his life. Disciple means somebody who pays attention, who studies, who follows the word, who learns about the master, who learns what his word is, who learns what he wants and understands. One of the things it says in Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The knowledge is there. It's available to you. It's available to everyone. This is the most literate society in the history of the world, and we are the most illiterate people you've ever met. Lots of people have Bibles in their house, but they don't read them. So in order to know the truth, you have to become a disciple, which means that you have to figure out what he's saying, you have to read his word, you have to start walking in his word, you have to start behaving in the way that he would have you behave. Then you become a disciple. Then you will start to know the truth, then you will be able to recognize the lies. But just sort of casually saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus, that doesn't get it. I mean, it's a good start, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that it's not a good start, but it is just a start. From there, it takes walking, it takes studying, it takes work. And as you come to understand the truth, it then takes courage to walk through the open prison door and into liberty. Because remember, when you leave your prison, you leave the cucumbers, you leave the fish that you were able to eat without cost, you leave the master who was over you, who organized your day for you. One of the things a slave master does really well is organizes the day of the slaves. You got stuff to do. You don't have to worry about a lot of stuff until you step out that door. And then you become responsible for yourself. That's frightening. One of the things that we have periodically in this country is we have these screaming, hair pulling debates about welfare stuff. And you've got the constituents who say, wait a minute, wait a minute, if I don't get my health care and I don't get my EBT card and I don't get and I don't get and I don't get, I'm not going to be able to survive. I don't want to step through that open door. I want to stay right where I am. It's really lousy, but I'm comfortable. And I'll vote for people who will tell me they'll make it better, but they never do. I recognize how lousy it is. That's why somebody can come along and sell me this bowl of goods that vote for me and I'll make it better. So the people in jail recognize that the food isn't that good, but it is available. So they won't step out of the prison, but they're never happy. They're never satisfied. They're miserable, which is what Satan wants. That's the objective to draw you away from God, to draw you away from freedom, to draw you into slavery. And as I say, most people are not important enough that you actually get your own demon, get possessed. That sort of higher up on the pecking order than most people are. Most people are just in prison. They're not demon possessed, they're not evil, they're not bad. They're just afraid to step through the door or they're ignorant. They don't know that the door is open. As I say, there's two problems here, ignorance and fear. So what do you do about this? Well, thing one I will suggest is 
as you look at our political process, you need to pay attention. Who is it that is promising to upholster your cell? Well, make your cell better. Who's promising that? Look at that. And if you can look at the promises that are being made and saying, wow, this guy is just promising to upholster my cell and maybe give me hot and cold running water in my cell, but he's not promising to get me out of my cell. That's not somebody I want to vote for. That's not somebody I want to support. Is there somebody that is saying, you need to step out of the cell. You need to become your own person. You need to stand up in the light of Messiah, and you need to be effective in the world. If you can find somebody that tells you that, vote for him or her. But look at your life and look at everything through the lens of, are they lying to me? Are they just trying to upholster my cell? Or are they truly offering me freedom? Are they truly offering me the chance to stand up and walk in the light of Messiah? That's your choice. The other thing that you're called to do is you're called to talk to the other prisoners. And you're called to explain to the other prisoners that no matter how well upholstered the cell is, it's still prison. And you really don't want to live there. That's a hard sell, by the way. There are a whole lot of people that don't want to buy that message. And I understand that. But that's your job. That's why God has given you the truth. That's why Yeshua has given you the truth. Is that you can reach out to your fellow prisoners and say, there's a better way. And yeah, it may cost you some cucumbers, but it's ultimately a better way. You'll have respect for yourself. You'll have a good relationship with God. You will ultimately be and become the person that God wants you to be, what you were created for. That's a big deal. Now again, understand, it's a hard sell. It truly is. I understand that. But that's what we're called to do.